Hey, thanks for paying attention to some of those announcements. Got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, keep an eye on that scramble for Ethiopia. They need some, some volunteers for that. That's that, uh, that run we do that benefits what we're doing over in Ethiopia. And uh, it's a real cool thing. And that, a lot of the runners that I know say it was very well run last year and lots of fun. So get around that. should be a real good event for us again. Tonight, uh, our speaker is a person who's on staff with us. Her name's Jamie Herzog, and she works in our discipleship department. And she spends her days encouraging and teaching and challenging and uh, just laying the truth out for folks around uh, our organization. And she does a fantastic job of that. And a while back, our uh, lead pastor, Brian, kind of challenged our staff. He said, um, let's do a message. Let's have the staff do a message on uh, what our passions are. What, what gets us out of bed? What, why, why do we do what we do every day? And Jamie picked up the ball, and she's leading uh, our staff through that. And, um, and, and then a friend of our, hers, uh, also on staff with us, Adam, will share also. And so through this, I think we would ask you to think about where do you fit in this? So we hope that comes out of this message. And we're going to start by uh, giving you just a little insight to some of our other folks that are on staff and some of the things that are bubbling up in them. So let's watch this together. The reason I get up every morning is, first of all, to read my Bible. And second of all, the reason I like to come here to work every day, or the reason I get up and come to work every day, is, one, to share just the freedom and the things that Christ has offered me and given me. I have a huge compassion and a desire to share that with people. Um, I had the opportunity to do ministry at home, or I had the opportunity to do ministry here. Um, the capacity was so much greater of coming here for the people that I could reach that I decided to felt like the Lord was calling me to come and work here at Journey Church. One of the biggest things I've seen lately that's going on is we started an engagement class. We run the mentor program, and in order to reduce um, the number of mentors that we needed, we gathered all the engaged couples um, that go to Journey, that don't go to Journey, people that know Christ, and people that don't know Christ. We gathered them together, and we're teaching them a class. Um, Ten people showed up, and we're getting to share Christ. We have no idea if they follow Christ, if they don't follow Christ. And uh, I feel like that really falls under our umbrella of reaching people who don't know God and they're getting to hear about Jesus in a really, really um, casual, private way with couples that are going through exactly the same thing they're going through. And that's just a huge passion of ours is really, most of all, is to help these people understand and get to the point that they will admit before they get married that they will never seek divorce. And we're showing them, giving them opportunity Um, to work on forgiveness, to work on things that, um, whether they're Christ followers or not Christ followers, um, is really relevant to a good marriage. So I started as a volunteer at Journey, um, getting women's ministry started, and then I just started helping Brian a little bit with his schedule, and that actually involved him to come in on staff um, as his assistant. And God just continued to work in my heart, and I've always had a passion to do something to help orphans, and that just evolved as I continued to be in an environment where I was encouraged to grow as a Christ follower, and where I was in an environment where 
um, I was encouraged to be who God created me to be. I've been able to realize that calling on my life and to grow that calling to get a ministry going to help orphans and widows and to see what happens out of that. We're seeing families hosting for some of hope. We're seeing families adopt children, not just from Ethiopia, but elsewhere. We're seeing families get involved and families really coming to the understanding of what it means um, in James for us to help the orphans and widows. And that's really awesome. that students are, are the future of our church and the next generation of people who are going to change the world. So I wake up every morning to do ministry with them because I believe that Jesus is going to use them to, to make that change happen. Some of the, the things that, that are just blowing my mind already are the students who, who buy in to the idea that change is founded on, on the gospel that Jesus started that. And we see students who come on a weekly basis and bring their friends who don't know Jesus, they want to share that in their schools and on their teams and, and in their intramural activities. And I just think that they're already buying in to, to what it looks like to influence those who are, who are far from God and then grow them up in Christ. I never thought that anything was more important than children's ministry. And it's probably because some of my teachers and my Sunday school teachers were the most important people in my life. So I've, um, as soon as I started ministering, I was involved in children's ministry, maybe from the time I was 13 or 14 years old. And I've never not been involved in children's ministry. Um, my dream is to change the world. Journey's vision is, to, is not only just a local vision to, bring, uh, to minister to people in our valley, but it's to minister to the entire world and to change the world. And so being involved in children's ministry at Journey, I think, is, um, is just huge. So when you spend an hour teaching a child and investing in a child's life, that hour could be in the light of eternity. It could be thousands of hours because you're impacting that child. You're impacting the people that child comes in contact with. When he grows up, you're impacting his children and his children's children. So you just never know what a small investment um, of time can do for, for the kingdom. So some of you know, before I came to Journey, I was working at, at a bank as a commercial lender, and I just couldn't resist the chance to work way more hours and get paid less money. I think that's obvious. In all seriousness, though, uh, the fruit that comes out of uh, what I get to do around Journey and oversee our staff and watch what they do, uh, pouring into others, uh, improving marriages, um, helping students, helping kids. Uh, it's just uh, indescribable what I get to be a part of. And so um, it's that's why I get up every morning and do what I do, and I love it. I don't think there's probably many other churches in Bozeman that I could preach with my hat on. I should probably throw my memory. You know what gets me up in the morning every day is. I need that pen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Good. I'm a little sweaty too. Yeah, <laughs> good. Alright. Ah, uh, ah, uh, it. Ah. Uh,
videos were great, but I think the still pictures of our staff was the best part about that. <laughs> Again, my name is Jamie Herzog, and I want to share a little bit about um, who I am and my role at Journey, but before I do that, I was thinking on the way over here tonight, that's um, not even in included with anything I'm saying, about how um, just great that our staff is. I feel super honored and blessed with the people that I get to work with every day. Our management team is excellent. Our council, they're just all great folks, and I'm just blessed to do life with them. So just thinking about that, you didn't get to see them all here today, but just know behind the scenes that the people that have your back are fabulous. So um, I do work in with the discipleship department, and I have the honor and the privilege to mentor many women and couples in our community here at Journey. I direct the Engage program within Prevail, and I teach multiple Bible studies and classes. Um, I have lots of other duties, and I can honestly say that every morning when I drive to work, I love what I do. Um, I've been hanging around this staff since 2006. Um, I'm married to my best friend, Daniel. We have two great kids. Our daughter, Taylor's 15, and our son, Chase, is 10. I'm sharing today with you on why we as the staff at Journey do what we do and hoping to challenge all of us to examine where we are at in fulfilling God's purpose and living to our capacity. Our staff wanted you to have a peek inside the passion that we have for this family called Journey. I too am going to share with you why I do what I do, but first I want to unpack the path that we travel on to fulfilling our purpose within God's kingdom and his church. To do that, I want us to take a look at a section of scripture. We're going to be camping out today in Acts chapter 2. Here we see Luke sharing with us how the early church functioned on a day-to-day -day basis. So you can follow along on your notes page or it should be up on the side screens. <clears throat> so I'm going to read this for us. Acts chapter 2 verses 37 through 47. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with, a, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. <clears throat> I think that within that scripture, there are three different aspects that the people were traveling through, and I think that we all do in relation to God in our local church. And those three are experience, participation, and ownership. And again, you're going to see that on your notes page. There's a great Venn diagram on the back side that we're going to talk about a lot tonight. Um, and I don't think that experience, participation, and ownership, I don't think they are necessarily in that order. I think they're more of a continuous cycle, and that's why we chose to do that diagram, because they flow, um, all three of them. Uh, I want to first begin by defining the three so we can unpack this. Uh, let's look at experience. 
Experience is a place where we ourselves are being ministered to, where we are experiencing what journey or God has to offer. We are on the receiving end of things. We might be an attendee or a recipient. Let us look at four examples around experiencing and how we might be in the experiencing arena. First, we might experience when we come to a weekend service, we sit back, we listen and learn, we worship God through music. We are experiencing at this point, just like all of us here tonight, experiencing journey, the Lord, and the church body. Second example I want to talk about is if we are being mentored with one of, within one of Journey's several mentoring programs. We have a mentoring ministry for couples, and we also have individual men and women. So again, we would be experiencing what the church and its ministries have to offer. We are being ministered to by others. The third way we could experience Journey or the church is by stopping by our booth at the Christmas stroll, grabbing a hot dog for the kids or getting some cocoa. Journey does this just to serve the community here in the valley, and hundreds of folks stop by that booth, and whether they label it or not, they are experiencing the kingdom of God and Journey Church. The fourth example way that we could be in the experiencing category is by attending our annual Easter egg hunt. We might go, enjoy, and collect eggs with our kids, and some years even in the snow. (laughs) Again, we are being a recipient of what is being offered. We are experiencing. So by now, we should have a pretty good idea of when we are in the experiencing category. Next, I want us to look at the area of participation. I believe that when we are in this category, we are joining in and we are locking arms. And remember, this area is not more important than experience was. It's of equal value. When we are participating, the scenarios may change. Let's look at those four examples that I just talked about, but see how they might look if you were in the participation stage. Weekend services, for example, like tonight. Before, we talked about coming and being a recipient. Now, what if you joined in? What if you were part of the production of it? You could be a part of the production of it by being on a setup team, serving coffee, greeting, ushering, um, singing on the worship team, lots of things like that. The second example, again, like last time, is being involved in mentoring, my favorite. You would be in the participation stage when you yourself started mentoring others. One of the goals around the discipleship department is within two years of being mentored that you too become a mentor yourself. So you'd be moving from the receiving from others to serving others. Remember the third example, the Christmas stole? I think that you'd be participating if you moved from eating those hot dogs to serving those hot dogs. Then again, let's look at the participation in terms of the Easter egg hunt. We may be moving to the participation stage. Instead of just coming and collecting eggs with our kids or our grandkids, we show up, we set those eggs out, and we volunteer to help that day. So I think that when we are participation category, we are, again, joining arms um, and locking, locking arms and joining in with each other. Um, the third and final area or category I want us to look at this evening is ownership. Again, keep in mind, ownership is not superior to the last two phases. And what is ownership? Well, I believe ownership is where we take responsibility for and are part of something outside of ourselves. Ownership is where you align yourself with something. And our example tonight being Journey Church. Within ownership, you actually become more of who God designed you to be. Your ownership or alignment with the enterprise excites you and you are passionate about it. In ownership, we are in, sold out with the mission and the vision. 
When we move to the ownership arena, even our verbiage changes, and I see this all the time. We might say, well, we at Journey, or you should check out my church, or we have this amazing youth program. Also in ownership, we claim responsibility for the results within and around it. In an ownership perspective, how might those four examples that we talked about earlier look? Well, we started with weekend services. One of the examples of ownership in a weekend service, I believe, is giving. We worship God through our giving and tithing to Journey and their ministries. There is a depth to the relationship where we are in the ownership arena and say, this is ours. This is who we are. We're a part of this. And we are contributing financially because we believe and have the same goals. Let's look at mentoring, like we talked about before, from an ownership perspective. I think it might look like this. I think it would look like being mentored, probably mentoring yourselves, being pretty passionate about the program, inviting others to be involved in it, participating, um, sharing about it. But I also think the ownership aspect would be where you would pray for the participants in it. You'd pray for the leaders within it, too. The two outreach areas that we talked about, the Christmas stroll, the egg hunt, what do you think they look like from the ownership arena? I think it could look like inviting others, maybe serving, but most importantly, being sold out for why we are even doing them in the first place. It's having your heart in line with the heart and vision for why these events even ever happen. In general, I think ownership is celebrating the successes and mourning the sorrows together. It is having it be a part of you, an intertwined piece of your individual makeup. I personally believe that we are missing out on the blessings that God has for us when we are not actively involved in all three areas. When we engage within all categories, I see us living to our full capacity. I want to begin to unpack the scripture that we looked at earlier in Acts 2 and see how it illustrates these three aspects. This scripture will show that not one of the three aspects is better than the other. They are not always progressive and come in different sequences depending on the individual. Let's look at verses 37 and 41. Here, we see the people having their very first experience with Jesus. They were pierced to their hearts. Here was when they first believed and experienced Christ's love and forgiveness. I see them being in the experiencing stage. Looking at verse 42, after they became believers, we see the people still experiencing Jesus and his power. The scripture reads, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. So let's jump back to verse 42. I think it's a great example of the participation aspect. We see them joining in and becoming a part of the community. Continuing on in verses 44 and 45, we see great examples of the ownership aspect. We see the people aligning with each other through the sharing of their time and the resources. This illustrates them joining in with the vision and mission of God's calling on their lives and with their local church. The final verses show us that people traveling through all three of these aspects. Again, one is not more important than the other, and many times we are in multiple stages. I honestly think that all of Acts 2, you could say that they were in all three categories at all the time. And we as a staff at Journey, I think we do that same thing. I think we are continuing to cross through all three of those areas all the time. And I want to share with you my personal journey through, through those three. I believe that I went from experience right on to ownership and then participation. And here's why. My journey to Journey started with an invitation. I was teaching preschool at a local Christian school, and a family that I had connected with said, hey, you should come out, check out Journey Church. 
Um, their meeting at Heritage next weekend is one of their grand opening ceremonies. So my husband and I said, sure, we'll do that. We'll, ch we'll check it out. So we came, loved it. Uh, right away, we knew. I can, it's kind of funny because driving home in the car that day, we both looked at each other and we said, that's it. And we'd been going to another church, hadn't became members yet, didn't really know why we hadn't became members yet. Now we knew, um, but said, yeah, that's it. That's where we're going to go. And we really felt like through that service that night with the Holy Spirit and just the people that we experienced the Christ community like we hadn't before. And we knew this is where we need to call home. Shortly after that, I started getting involved around here in Journey. I, I took a class, um, a women's Bible study class called Boot Camp. And it's called boot camp for a reason and um, changed my life. Uh, I started also meeting with a mentor. Um, I believe that it was through that experience, through that class, that the Lord really removed some scales from my eyes. I had a spiritual awakening like I had never had before. And I met Jesus in a way that I never had before. And through that, I believe that it revolutionized my marriage my parenting, all the relationships, the way I interacted with my friends, my parents, my siblings, everybody. It, it really honestly changed my entire life. And so for me, the progression to ownership, it just seemed really, really natural. Journey was the conduit to my freedom and joy within my life. And so ownership was just the next step for me. It was just natural. I saw what Journey was doing in my life, in my family's life, and in the lives of others. And so, again, like we talked about with ownership, I was sold out for their mission and their vision. Um, shortly after that, my husband and I, we started volunteering in different ways. I would work back in kids' ministry, and he would usher. And I believe that's when we started participating. It was then, shortly after that, that my mentor invited me to come on staff at Journey. And after discussing this with Daniel, we knew that that's exactly what we needed to do. We knew that it was super important for me to be used by God to be able to share the transformation with others that we had in our own lives. And I really think that um, because of that, that God's blessed us. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit. For me personally, I know that I can travel through all three of these areas within a short period of time. For example, if I'm not working the information table out in the lobby, I can just come on a weekend service. I can just sit, I can just be, I can learn from the pastor that's teaching, I can worship God through music, um, and I just get to participate. But I think in that same evening, I think it can change because I think I can move right into ownership when that bag passes by and I tithe. And that for me is just saying, yep, I, I'm in, I'm in, and I'm going to give financially. And so I move from ownership. And then it can even go from that same night to that. Maybe after church, my husband Daniel and I, we go meet with one of the younger couples that we mentor, and so we're in that participation stage. The way that these three aspects have come together have so powerfully changed my life that it drives me to continue doing what I do and showing others that they can have the same freedom. Being a part of this is all in response to God's love and what he has done for me on the cross. It's just an overflow for him loving me first. We also asked my fellow co-worker Adam Slimmers and friend to share his journey through these three areas. If you don't know Adam, you should. He's a great guy. He has been our intern outreach pastor here for the last four years. He recently graduated from Bethel Seminary with a master's in theological studies. Adam started his journey by volunteering here, which evolved into a paid staff position, but recently was one of the four staff members laid off. However, he continues to serve in the same capacity because of his passion for outreach and for the community.
Would you please help me welcome Adam to the stage? Thanks, Jamie. St. Augustine, one of the most influential thinkers in the early church, once said, The church is a whore, but she's my mother. With those few words, Augustine has captured my journey with the church. Now, before everybody, everybody freaks out because I use the word whore in church, I just want to give you a real quick glance at the history, at my history of, um, of my life with the church, so you can kind of get a glimpse into that. I grew up going to church since I was really little. By the time I was in high school, I was getting increasingly frustrated and angry with what I saw going on inside of it. I saw churches that cared more about their own image and keeping those inside happy and safe and less about the lives of the hurting and needy people outside. It seemed like many churches were becoming exclusive country clubs rather than the inclusive kingdom Jesus taught it should be. As I got into college, I began to feel a tug on my heart from God, though. I felt like as if you were saying, Adam, if you feel like there's something wrong with my church, just stop talking about it and start doing something about it. It was then I came across Journey through my then-girlfriend, you know, beautiful wife, Jenna. Uh, she had moved to Bozeman from Billings for college and told me, about, um, a, told me about a church that was being planted here from her church, um, home church in Billings. At the time, we were attending a church um, that was great, and I, and I enjoyed it, but mainly because all my friends went there. Uh, so when Jenna told me that she was planning on going to this new church, I thought to myself, there's no way I'm just going to go to this new church just because my girlfriend's going to go. Uh, that held out until I came here for the first time, and that was five years ago. <laughs> so fast forward to now, and I've come to love this place. And not because of the great music and the decent coffee you can bring into the sanctuary, but because of the mission they proclaim and are actually trying to live it. And that mission being reaching people far from God and growing them up in Christ. Now, this doesn't mean that I agree with everything they do and there aren't things that I feel should be different. But the reason I began serving here and, and have stayed here is because this is the first place that's given me the freedom and the support to live out what I think God has called me to do. So to piggyback on the model that uh, Jamie was using, my own journey thus far within those three categories would first be experience, then ownership, and then participation. Now I'm kind of back into experience. I've experienced many bad things in the church. I mentioned a few earlier. But I've also been able to see the great things that the gospel message can do in people's lives. And without that gospel message, there's no way that I'd be where I am today, here, or really be able to do anything within a church. God then used those experiences in my past to give me ownership of his vision. This happened through God showing me that my anger and frustration towards the church, whether it was true or not, uh, wasn't what he had in mind for my life. Instead, he showed me that I could be a part of the solution if I wanted to be. This is also when I really began to own the vision of Journey. I wholeheartedly believe in what Journey is about and have been able to own our vision as a part of my life. And it was then, after I understood and began owning God's vision in my life, that I could truly participate in his plan. My participation here is the community outreach director, pastor, intern, laid-off guy, whatever that is now, um, is really closely tied with my experiences. Uh, I have a heart for people who've been burnt by the church in the past, and Journey has really given me a space and a place uh, to serve those people in particular. And back to experience. Uh, anyone who's been a part of something larger than themselves will tell you that they get way more out of it than they put in, and this has been no different for me and my story. 
I'm experiencing God now in new and profound ways that I would have never been able to experience him before. It's been really easy for me to point out the ways that the church has both figuratively and literally been unfaithful to Christ. But here's what Paul, another relatively influential guy in the church, has to say about the church in Ephesians 5, 25 through 27 and 32, which won't be on the side screen, so I'm just going to read it to you. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. This is a profound mystery. But I, Paul says, am talking about Christ and the church. The way that Christ sees the church isn't the way that I used to see it. That Augustine quote I had quoted earlier, I was really thinking specifically and strictly about the church as a religious institution, almost just the building or the weekend service or whatever you want to call it. Christ sees the church as us, his body, those of us who have come to know his saving grace, just like Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12.12. God has shown me his love for the church and how standing outside their church yelling about the wrongs isn't an effective way to see change. Fruits will only come when you begin to be a part of the solution. If I've learned anything in my short 25 years here on earth, it's that God loves us more than we can ever imagine. It's amazing for me to look back and see where he's brought me. So whether you're here uh, for the first time just experiencing, actively participating in a ministry here or somewhere else, or trying to own the vision that God has given you for your life, know that he'll always have a way for you to move closer to him. In conclusion, all the staff would be doing work for God's kingdom whether journey existed or not. We all would be following God's call for our lives and living our lives as a response to God's abundant love. If journey didn't exist, our path would look different, but the desire of our hearts would not. This is why we do what we do. God desires for all of us to be a part of this community, which is the body of Christ. When we abandon our fears and our desires and decide to participate in his community, God blesses us. This blessing is being a part of a family that loves and cares for us. I have seen what real friendship is, and I have learned that family is not just blood. So I'm going to challenge us tonight. Where are you at in this journey? What aspect are you in? You probably know when we are talking which category you are in the majority of the time. But if you aren't flowing between all three, what is holding you back? I think there are some of us in this room today that are just experiencing but are truly missing out on the blessings that come with participation and ownership. There are also people that are constantly serving and participating, but I know that there are times when the Lord is calling them to just abide in him and experience. My challenge for all of us, myself included, is to examine if the Lord is calling us to move more freely from one of those aspects to another or just to maybe be in all three. When was the last time you invited God into the space and asked him, am I living to my full capacity? If you guys wouldn't mind setting your things aside and just bowing in prayer. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you found yourself in one or more of the categories that Jamie was talking about, what's stopping you from moving into a new one? 
maybe you've been experiencing journey for a while now and you feel like God is asking you to participate in a ministry around here. Maybe you've been participating as a volunteer and now it's time for you to, for you to really start to own the vision that journey carries for the lost. Or maybe you have ownership in God's vision for your life, but you need to start acting on that vision in tangible ways. If that's you, we want to give you the opportunity to make today the day that you begin to seek ways to move closer to God. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you would be so bold as to slip your hand up as a sign to God and to yourself that you're making a commitment today to move forward in one of those categories with God today. You can do that now. Maybe there's some of you sitting in this room today that have been really just um, been pushing away God for a really long time. But tonight you experienced his presence and love in a way that you've never felt before. You've heard about his message of saving grace and now you want to, to take him on his offer to forgive you of all, forgive you um, the sin, all of the sin in your life. He wants more than anything to begin that relationship with you. If this is you, I invite you in the quiet of your heart Pray this prayer with me. God, I've screwed up. And to be honest, I've been running away from you for a really long time. But God, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus down to earth to die for my sins so that you no longer see me as a sinner, but instead see me as pure and holy. I want to stop trying to control my life and want you to take control of everything that I am. Please come into my life and clean me out, God. I love you. I trust you. I want more than anything right now for you to be the Lord of my life. If you made that commitment to God today and prayed that prayer with me, that's by far the biggest decision you'll ever make in your whole life. Nothing is more important and nothing will hold more weight. It's so big, in fact, that I'm going to ask you to do something. And no one's looking around and no one's going to try to embarrass you. But if you'd be so bold as to slip your hand up and make eye contact with me and say, yes, I started a relationship with God today. You can do that now. Thank you. God, thank you so much for all that you do in our lives. Thank you for your son and the love that you show us every day, even when you don't get that love back in return. Use us, God, in any way you see fit to further your kingdom here on earth.